Welcome back. On this episode of Deeper Life, Pastor Stephen shares about drawing near to Jesus and understanding the times. Listen and be blessed. Holy Spirit, you're the only one who can minister to us. You're the only one who can speak into us. You're the only one who knows us. Nobody knows us like you know us. Reach out to the depths of our being, God. Father, that we will walk with you like men and women in the Bible. We will walk with you like the prophets, like the kings that walked with you. We will walk with you like the early church walked with you. Father, we ask that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit will be evident over our life to bring us to that place where you are, the place where you want us to be in tonight, Lord. We come at this time into your hands. Holy Spirit, you speak to us. You touch us. You change us. You fill us. And Lord, empower us to walk with you. Love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We live in glorious times. Times of uh, precious outpouring of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that is uh, very important for us to understand in these days as, um, you know, we prepare ourselves for what God is, is about to do in us and through us and around in the world, it's very important that we yield ourselves to the depths of who Christ is in us. We live in, we're living in the last of the last days. And uh, one of the most important things uh, that we need to understand is to draw closer and closer to him so that we uh, can, can be what he wants us to be. I just want to read um, uh, you know, one scripture from the last uh, book of the Bible. Um, Revelations 22. Um, and I want to read uh, verses 10 onwards. The Bible says, And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust... Let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy. Coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. 
Amen. So it's uh, strong words that Jesus put um, uh, and uh, also talked to us about what it would be. You know, we are living in a time where we are moving one way or the other. You know, uh, if you look at verse 11, he said, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is uh, filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. You know, Christian life is either about going up or going down. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that we need to understand as we come to the last of the last days is either we are getting closer and closer to God and walking deeper and deeper with Him, or we are walking away and away from Him. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we, are, we are in another direction. So Christian life is, you can never be in a place uh, where you are stable. You're, you're in a, I mean, you, you're, I'm not saying stable, but um, we're not, never in a place where we are stagnant, you know. We're always on the move. And one of the things that we need to ask ourselves as we come to the last of the last days is where we are in Christ. You know, there is a drawing uh, of the Spirit of God. You know, I, if you remember one of the words that really touched my heart, which I also mentioned last time, is if you turn, me to, turn with me to the book of Daniel, um, and in Daniel chapter 12, uh, and in verse 10, uh, you know, Daniel writes about the end times. Many shall be purified, many made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So he's talking about in the end times, the wicked will do wickedly. They will move in the direction of wickedness. Okay. But he says for us, many shall be purified. That means in the last days, purifying God, purifying us would be a way of life. Okay. Uh, one of the things God would do is he will, he will make us pure. He will work in us. He will remove things in us. And the second thing he says is he will make us white, meaning all spots in our life, whatever it is that has caused damages in our life that has caused uh, injuries in our life that has caused spots to come upon our life they will be removed he said okay so we don't need to carry the stigma of anything that has happened in our past anymore today because of the promise of god over our lives because of god's word anything that we have been through in our past any of the abuses of the past need not have an impact on us anymore because the Bible says he will remove it, meaning he will deliver us from the effects of it, from the, from the marks of those things upon our life. That's what it means. You know, when God is making us white, it means he is, he is taking away spots out. He is breaking us free from the effects of our past. So one of the things that's very important as we come closer and closer to the coming of the Lord, as we draw deeper and deeper to his presence is to understand this is a time of change. This is a time of revival. This is a time of a personal, intimate walk with God. This is a time of an open heaven above us. This is the time of understanding what it is to walk in holiness, what it is to walk 
in freedom, in deliverance, what it is to walk in victory. Okay. And it is also a time of a process. You know, the Bible says the third thing that will happen is there will be a refining, you know, there'll be a refining. And, and I always think about, you know, God taking us through situations and circumstances to turn us, to refine us, to change us. And so, you know, we live in the last of the last days. And one of the things that we need to understand is that, uh, you know, the Bible, the Bible says all scripture is given for doctrine. You know, Paul writes about it. He says in, in Timothy, he says, all scripture is given for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped. You know, God wants to equip us today. That's why all scripture, not portions of scripture, not just the New Testament, but all of scripture is given for doctrine. So there are many times when we read the word, we begin to understand how God operated, what God did, what are things the children of Israel did, how are the ways they failed, and what are the things that we can learn from it in our present day to really, really walk with God. You know, uh, one of the things, uh, one of the things that I've been doing is, you know, studying about the book of, from the book of Daniel, the making of a prophet and understanding what kind of a lifestyle is. But one of the things to know is, uh, you know, we know that, you know, uh, Daniel went into uh, Babylon as a captive uh, and, and the contemporaries of uh, Daniel was also Jeremiah and Ezekiel and, you know, all of them. Zephaniah was before that. One of the things, if you turn with me to the book of Zephaniah, before we go into a little bit into Jeremiah and Ezekiel tonight is, um, you know, it's interesting to see, uh, many of us know the scripture, Zephaniah three seventeen. the Lord, our God, uh, you know, in the midst of us is a mighty God. Do you remember that scripture? Uh, the Lord our God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Okay. Uh, one of the things to understand about Zephaniah is, uh, you know, in Zephaniah, um, you know, God knew what, where Israel was heading, where Judah was heading, what was about to happen to them. God already knew that Babylon will come to invade them because of the sin of the nation, because of the failure. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see a little bit about the, uh, you know, the, the, the book of Zephaniah. Is that Zephaniah, uh, you know, he constantly talks about the day of the Lord. You know, uh, it's a very similar time that we are living in where, you know, we are, you know, we are beginning to experience the effects of lawlessness. We're beginning to see the effects of uh, walking uh, unholy, unrighteous, uh, not walking in the ways of God and the effects of it. We're beginning to see it more and more. We're seeing the unfaithfulness of the church being affected, uh, you know, which affects the nations today. And there's so many things that we see uh, in and around us today. But one of the things you must understand is Zephaniah repeatedly talked about the day of the Lord and the judgment day. You know, that the sin of the nation will be dealt with. Israel and all the Gentile neighbors will soon experience God's wrath. You know, the time of judgment is coming. So, so Zephaniah in the midst of all his cry, you know, uh, you know, if you read uh, chapter 2 and verse 3, he says, Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have upheld his justice, seek righteousness, seek humility. In It may be that you will be hidden 
in the day of the Lord's anger. So Zephaniah has a revelation that, you know, the day of the Lord is coming. God's uh, righteous judgment is coming. And in the midst of all of that, he is saying, you and I who know the Lord, what should you and I do? He says, seek righteousness, seek God, seek a right standing with God. And he says, seek humility, meaning be in a place where you are seeking to humble yourselves, break yourself before God. One of the important things as we come to the last of the last days is to come to that place of a humility before God, coming to that place of breaking ourselves in the presence of God. The greatest men and women of God that God has used in the world are people who knew how to be broken before God are people who knew how to wait upon the Lord, are people who knew how to give up their will to walk in the will of the Heavenly Father. I've been thinking a lot about this scripture that, you know, Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, so he said, Lord, Jesus knew the path. Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus knew the righteous judgment of God. Jesus knew that he had to take the path to the cross. He knew the pain that is going to follow. He knew the suffering. He knew what was coming. But he says, Lord, if this cup will pass away from me. But Lord, he says, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will. He says, I am coming. You know, he play, comes to a place where he humbles himself before the heavenly father to submit to his will. He says, not my will. There is a time in our life where we move from our will to the will of the heavenly father. There's a time in our life where we move from a place of wanting something from God to becoming what God wants us to be. Are you with me? I want you to capture it tonight. There's a time in our life that we step into a realm of walking with God where it is no longer about what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, what I want to become, what I want to, you know, even in the ministry. You come to a place in your life where you say, God, I want to be where you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to speak what you want me to speak. I want to be silent when you say, be silent. I want to be in that place where your will will take over my will. Your will will take over my will. Are we in a place there? My dear brother and sister, are we in a place where we can come to God? You know, sometimes we are so filled with knowledge. We are so filled with thoughts. We are so full of so many things that we have no space for God. There's no space for the voice of God because there are so many voices that are already into us. There's so many words. We are not, you know, we can listen to a message. We can listen to, you know, so many things on media today. But we cannot listen to the Holy Spirit. We want to do something or the other all the time, but we are not able to wait in the presence of God. Just be quiet.
that is a place. If God needs to use us, if God needs to work through us, if God needs to perform His will through us, then there needs to be a place where He takes over everything. 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says to the church, he says, I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. He says, when I came to minister to you, when I came to minister to you, I came in weakness. I did not come in confidence. I did not come because I knew. I did not come because I knew what to do. I did not come because I knew exactly what all I had to do. I, I did not come. He says, I came to you in weakness. Meaning, you know, he came in a place of weakness before God. You know, it's not physical weakness. It, it, it talks about a place of being willing to be weak so that his strength will be manifested. Willing to let go of who I am and what I want to do and what I want to be to where God can do something, where God can manifest something, where God can move through me. He's saying, I came to you in fear. What was the fear? The fear that I would not do something that is contrary to the will of God in my life. That I would not speak a word that is not of God in my life. I feared God. He says, I came with much trembling. My ministry to you was, I was on pins. Because I wanted him. And then he says, my preaching and my teaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Not with eloquent words. My speech to you, what I came to speak to you was not about knowledge. It's not that you will receive knowledge. But something will go into your head, into your spirit. He said, I came to you for the demonstration of the spirit and of power. He says, when I came to you, all I wanted to know among you was that God will move. That God will have his way. God's power will come upon you. And you would begin to experience God. And I want to tell you tonight, that's what God wants to do for every one of us. And that's why we have deeper life here. It's not because of what we know, but it's about what God wants to do for you. I don't know what your situation is tonight. I don't know where you are in your life. But I want to tell you something. God is ready for you. He wants to manifest His power upon you. He wants to reveal His glory upon you. My heart is that you would experience God, that you would know God, that you would come to God. Sometimes, you know, we're talking about these same things again and again. It's because I believe these are days that you can experience the greatness and the fullness and the glory of God. My friend, what would it mean if I can pray in the Holy Spirit and I can be touched under the anointing and I'm under the power of God and if no change 
is there in my language, in my lifestyle, in the way I live my life. If there is no change. What is the point? What is God doing inside me? Is it real? What Paul wanted that day was that you would be touched by the power of God. That your faith may not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Paul said, I, I came to you because I don't want you to build your faith on me. On my words. You know, re recently I heard a wonderful man of God say, you don't need faith to come to Jesus. You need Jesus to have faith. You don't need hope to come to Jesus. You need Jesus so that you can have hope. You don't need a miracle to know Jesus. You need Jesus so you can have a miracle. Are you with me tonight? That's what all this is about. You know, sometimes we are behind the wrong things. Instead of longing for Jesus, we're longing for faith. We're longing for hope. We're longing for gifts. We're longing for talents. We're longing for abilities. We're longing to become something. All those things happen because of Jesus. You come to Him. Then all things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Look at Him. Look what He's doing. Look what He's saying. Look what he's speaking. What is the Spirit of God ministering to me? What is he speaking to me? What is he showing me? That's what's important. Zephaniah, in chapter 3, God gives a word. He says in verse 15, The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. Just think about that verse. You know, every time I read the scripture, it, it just breaks my heart. God gave a word and a promise to his people that disaster will not come. God gave a word of revival, a word of promise, a word of life into his people. He said, the Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. You will not see disaster, God said. But a few generations later, the same people to whom God gave a word went into captivity. Babylon came in. The king of Babylon came in. God gave his people over to the king of Babylon. That he came and plundered. And one of the things that broke my heart as I was reading the book of Ezekiel 
If you turn with me to Ezekiel and um, chapter 7 and in verse 20, God says, As for the beauty of his ornaments, he set it in majesty, but they made from it the images of their abominations their detestable things therefore i have made them like refuse to them what is god saying god says as for the beauty of his ornaments he clothed the people with ornaments of his anointings his giftings his power his ability he gave them everything everything he gave them grace he gave them unmerited favor god is speaking to ezekiel and saying this is what i did for my people i clothed them with ornaments you know tonight today you know god is ready to empower us give us everything give us all that we want he's willing to anoint us he's willing to fill us with his power but the secret is this that i come to that place with him where I am walking with him. That I am in a place where I let go my personal will and ambitions to hold on to who he is in my life. But Israel did not want that. What did they do? They turned, the Bible says, but they made from it the images of their abominations. What am I doing today with God's anointings upon my life? What am I doing with the gift of life that he has given me? What am I doing with the protection he has given me? What am I doing with the anointing he has given me? What am I doing with the talents and the abilities that he has given me? What is it for? What do I do with it? Israel failed. To recognize. They misused it. They misused the grace of God. The protection of God. The voice of God over their lives. They misused it. They did not see its value. One of the things that God has been reminding me today is. Son, if you cannot understand who I am over your life today. You will lose what you have. They lost it. They lost it. The Bible says in verse 24, their holy places shall be defiled. When you lose in the spiritual, you begin to lose in the natural. Are you with me? It's very important to understand. It's very similar. When you, when you have a victory in the spiritual, that victory manifests in the natural, right? That's how it is. You win your wars not because you know how to fight. You win your wars because you know how to pray. Because you know how to kneel down in the presence of God. You win your victories because you know how to be before God on your knees. Your answer to your life does not come because of how you know how to handle things around you. It comes because you know you got a word from God about yourself. Isn't it? That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. But 
if you lose in the spiritual, if you fail to recognize his voice, if you fail to see what God is doing for you, if you fail to, to capture what is happening in the spiritual, why are we talking about the anointing? Why are we talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Why are we talking about being under the voice of God? It's because if you lose it, what you have lost begins to manifest in the natural. That's what God is saying to the children of Israel. Their holy places shall be defiled. The king of Babylon plundered not only the, the, the city of God, the city of Jerusalem, but they plundered the temple. They broke the temple. They took away anointed things. Come on, I want to tell you something. The, the enemy can come and, 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 you know, he can come and try to snuff out what God has purposed over our lives if we're not careful. The danger is this. The Bible says the gifts of God are irrevocable. The danger is the gift will operate even if my personal life with God is not right. The question is this. Do I go by just how well my ministry is or do I go well by how I walk with God on a daily basis? How I walk with God on a daily basis. Verse 26. Disaster will come upon disaster and rumor will be upon rumor. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet but the law will perish from the priest and counsel from the elders. Look at this. God says through Ezekiel the prophet, the time will come when disaster will come upon disaster. We are going to the last of the last days. You know, challenges over challenges. You know, perils over perils. You know, in 2 Timothy 3, Paul wrote, in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, headstrong, hearty, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, disobedient to parents, having a form of godliness, but denying the power therein. And, and Paul warned Timothy, from such people, turn away. Second Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But concerning the, the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. And when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction will come upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Paul is warning the church. Ezekiel is speaking about disaster will follow disaster. And he says, the rumor will, there will be rumor upon rumor. You will hear things. Aren't we in a season like that? One after the other, you're hearing things. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet. They will run to a prophet because they want 
to hear something. But God says, the law will perish from the priest. It will be a time when the rules will not be followed anymore. It's no longer about keeping the commandments of God. It's not no longer about obeying the commandments of God. It's no longer about standing on the, on the, on the, on the ordinances of God. Or will people give a year to the counsel of God from elders? People don't want it anymore. They're looking for something supernatural, not realizing they are moving out of the foundation. The foundations of our walk with God will be shaken. That's the reason we need to come to God today. One of the scriptures that broke my heart, Ezekiel chapter 6, and in verse 9, Then those of you who escape will remember me among the nations where they are carried captive. God says, you know, you will be taken away, you will be carried captive. And he says, this captivity, this is happening to you. Look, why? Because he says, I was crushed by their adulterous heart which has departed from me and by their eyes, which played the harlot after their idols. God said, you know, I've been thinking of this scripture for the last three days. God is saying, I have been. Why? Because my people, what did they do? He says, they do two things. He says, their adulterous heart, meaning, you know, their heart has become, is mixed with many things in the world. That's what it is. The world has come into their heart. The world is working inside their heart. Adulterous heart, he says. Their heart has gone behind other things. God says, you need to know this. And because your heart has been adulterous, God says, you have crushed me. Have you ever thought of that? I, I'm thinking of, I've been thinking of that these last couple of days, you know. I've been really crying out to God. I said, God, if I've crushed you in anything, forgive me, God. If ever I have done anything to crush you. I'm not going and crushing him. What I do with my heart is crushing him. Crushing my heavenly father. Who has a great purpose for my life? Who wants me to walk in freedom? Who has a word for me? Who wants to lead me? Who wants to guide me? Who wants me to come into eternity? And he says, They have departed from me by their eyes by which they play the harlot with other idols. Simply meaning, you know, eyes have shifted from God to other things. Why is God speaking all these things to us? Because he is, wants to draw us to him today. 
wants to remind us of what happened to the nation of Israel. It's the same thing that can happen to you and me. To you and me today. To you and me today. In Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 30, Jeremiah was a contemporary of Ezekiel. And if you'll, re if you'll remember, you know, he says in chapter 7 and in verse 30, For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, says the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name, to pollute it. What is he saying? The world has come into the world that God has made for you and me. God has made, you know, the Bible, you know, Paul writes about it, you know, that we are translated from the power of darkness into the dominion of light. God, you know, but what is it that people have done? They have allowed the world to, do, to penetrate the dominion of light. Jeremiah was walking in the same situation, speaking the same word of the Lord. And I want to tell you, church, tonight, these are days that God wants to draw us. Draw, draw, draw us to a deep walk with Him, to a place of surrender, to a place where His will will overrule my will. His plan will overrule the plans that I have, even in the ministry, even in the things of God, even in everything, where we come to a place where we say, God, take over. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my family. Be the Lord of my children. Be the Lord of my husband. Be the Lord of, of everything in me. Lord, Lord, you be Lord at my workplace. You be Lord over my relationships. Lord over the people that you bring in touch with me. God, you be everything, God. Lord over my church. If you're a pastor, we need to tell the Lord, Lord, you know, sometimes we are in a pattern, in a rhythm. We are used to it. We find it difficult to move out of it. You know, we like to do things in a very systematic way and we were stuck in it. Sometimes we need to just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants. Just let him have his way. In our ministries, let the Spirit of God have his way. Let him decide. May our decisions come from him. Whether it's in the ministry or our family, children or everything, you know, so spiritual in our life, but when it comes to personal decisions, we're so worldly in our thinking. We're so spiritual in our prayer, but when it comes to choices, we're so worldly. These are days that God wants to draw us. Draw us. The question tonight is, Am I who God made me to be? Am I who God made me to be? When he called me out of the mighty clay, when he pulled me out of darkness and allowed me to know him as Lord and Savior, has he been able to accomplish what he purposed for me? Has he been given the space in my life 
to be whatever he wants to be to take me wherever he wants me to be to go to lead me in any way he wants to lead me tonight i want to tell you something my friend doing a miracle for you is nothing for god a breakthrough for you is nothing for god i always think of batimes you know batimes was a blind man was a desperate man he knew jesus was coming and he knew it was his opportunity for a miracle but when batimes cried out to god there was a multitude around jesus some thought he was a prophet some thought he was a miracle maker some wanted to see the miracles he did but batimes was blind but he knew that jesus was the living god he was blind he has only heard about jesus but he knew that jesus was the son of david when he cried out he just did not say jesus 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 he said jesus son of david he knew he was the messiah he knew he was the messiah even though he was blind recognized jesus as the messiah how do you recognize jesus tonight in your life is he lord over our life when we call him savior is he our savior when we say lord when we pray lord jesus is he lord has he full authority over us has he the full authority to do what he wants in us tonight god wants to draw you to that place where he can perform his will for you challenging days will come disaster upon disaster will come rumors upon rumors will come there will be a people that will run looking for visions looking for something are you ready to stand on his word are you ready to walk with him because you know who he is are you ready to stand in the midst of challenges in the midst of fire in the midst of difficult days as a child of god walk with confidence because you know in whom you believe that he is more than able to do what he has purposed over your life jesus did that the end of his life he told the father not my will your will be done he knew the same father who used him for miracles is the same father who will lead him to the cross there was a season where he he performed miracles but there was a season where he was quiet because he had to walk through to come to that place where the father wanted him to be where to learn learn everything there's a time for miracles there's a time to be silent there's a time to run there's a time to stand there's a time to shout there's a time to be quiet 
And we will learn that only when we walk with God. Would you close your eyes for one moment as we pray tonight? Have thine way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. And I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am And still tonight, God, come upon us, Holy Spirit, come upon us. There's adulterous heart, stony heart, make it into a heart of flesh, God. Cleanse us, redeem us, refresh us, take away things in our life that is not of you, Lord. Who are we in our life to crush you, God? We're your people. Israel was your own people. But the Bible says they crushed you. You spoke through Ezekiel. You said to Ezekiel, they crushed me. They crushed me. God, forgive us. We don't want to crush you, God. Lord, we don't want to do that. We want to walk with you. We want to break your heart. Take away things in our lives that are not of you. Draw us, God, to walk with you. May our love for you be more than any other love in this world. May we desire you more than we desire anything else. Be pleased to lead us, God, one day at a time. Pray for my dear brothers and sisters tonight, those who need a miracle. Thank you that you're a God of miracles. We recognize you as Lord over our lives. Pray, God, tonight miracles will happen. If you need a miracle, just lift your hand, wherever you are. A miracle, maybe within your home, there is a challenge. Maybe there is a, a problem in your marriage. Maybe there's a situation you cannot talk to anyone. You're broken in your heart. Tonight, God is your healer. God will mend your marriage. Maybe there's a sickness you're walking in. Tonight, God is your healer. Maybe you're tormented by fear and anxiety. Maybe you have lost hope. Maybe you're afraid. The things that are happening around you, the Lord is with you. He said, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. He said, I am your God. God is with us. So tonight, walk in the peace of God. Hold on to him dearly. May the precious, precious,
outpouring of the Holy Spirit be over our lives. May we open ourselves so much to the Holy Spirit that he can perform the will of the Heavenly Father, pleasing Jesus in everything that he desires over our life. Father, to that we commit ourselves. We want to tell you tonight we love you, Lord. We know, Lord, challenging days are there, but we love you. We are your children. Give us the grace to walk with you one day at a time. To that we commit ourselves, our families, and all that you have given into our hands as a possession. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. If you would like to get in touch with us, please write to us at transformingnationsforjesus at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.